0: To 1. What's good? It's your girl, Bianca, and welcome back to yet another episode of Are You Alone? But what I'm actually asking you is, are you achieving life on natural euphoria? If you're new here, thank you for tuning in and for listening or watching and just being a part of this journey. And if you've been a part of it for the entire ride, then thank you so much. I can't express my gratitude towards all of you who have just really... Had a lot of faith and just belief in me with this new um, journey and this new chapter of mine so thank you thank you so so much but before we get into this episode make sure to go like and subscribe and might as well accidentally hit those push notification buttons and if you are listening or you would like to listen i am available on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify anchor and many many more Lastly, make sure to go follow us on Instagram at AYA underscore podcast and on Facebook at the Are You Alone follow page. But now that we have that out of the way and in order, um, I did want to clarify some things because I've had some people ask some questions and I've also had my sister bring up a few things, but for those of you who are new here and... Maybe those who have been following the entire time and aren't really sure what alone stands for. It does stand for achieving life on natural euphoria. And so make sure to get that stuck in your head because that's my ultimate goal by, you know, you guys just listening to my podcast is you think about your days and how you go about them and what's the best way that you can just achieve life on natural euphoria. And also, if I ever refer to the podcast as AYA, it does stand for Are You Alone? So just something to think about, something I wanted to clarify, especially because half the time my sister's like, I see you post on AYA. And I'm like, what's AYA? And she's like, your podcast. And I was like, yeah, oh, like sister, it's just like AYA. And she's like, oh, I think you should clarify that with people because I think they're also like thinking Aya as well and I was like okay you know that's a new one but whatever whatever she wants you know I'm, I'm gonna make that announcement so hopefully she's listening to this or I'll just text her and tell her to listen to this um but she's she's a good one she actually wants me to incorporate like the like Aya in in a in the intro somehow like I don't really know how i would do that <laughs> i don't know i'd be like a yeah ayya what's good it's your girl Bianca, or something something dumb like that but um she is the creative one out of the three of us so for you fellow creative people if you have an idea of how to incorporate this ayah or ayah in (laughs) my intro um drop it down in the comments below or just hit me up on my social media i am open to suggestions and feedback so yeah just let me know but now that we have all of that out of the way and things like that, if you've been keeping up with my podcast, then my last episode was when I had announced my trip to Israel to go play professional soccer over there. However, if you are watching, I'm still in my own setup and I did not bring it with me to Israel. I still am in the States. And if you're wondering why, I actually made a video update that is only available on YouTube. So, make sure to go check that out whenever you guys get the chance. Listen to the episode and watch the video. I would highly (laughs) appreciate it. Um, But moving into today's episode, I wasn't really sure whether I was going to drop an episode this week. Just because since I've been in limbo with, like, travels and, like, I just, you know, was, like do they want an episode? Should I just do like updates? Then I was like, oh man, like Valentine's Day is right around the corner. And so I was like, I have to make an episode because I've noticed that around the holidays, a lot of people kind of listen in on the episodes. And I think it's just because you know, the day or the holiday is on people's mind, whether it's subconsciously or consciously. And so I was like, what a perfect time to to have a chat, you know, let's have a chat, bro, and talk about some things. So today's episode is kind of Valentine's Day themed, kind of not. Um, It's just about love. But in particular, it's about relationships in general, which can include both platonic and romantic relationships. Now, before we obviously get into some of the advice or things like that, I do want to make a quick disclaimer. I am not a love doctor. I'm not a professional anything. Um, I really have friendships that I could probably count on my fingers and like solid friendships, but um, like that. And I've only really been in like two and a half-ish relationships. And I say half-ish because... That one was never, like, a committed relationship, but it was, like, the assumption around it, and both of us knew that willingly, so I just say half-ish, but I learned a lot from that, so um, with that and with my little to no, like, actual relationships... I've actually had a lot of people come to me and ask me for advice about like their significant other or about a friend that they are kind of having like an issue with. And so from all of those stories and things that I have heard from, I'm just going to be talking strictly from like personal experience and from just conversations about relationships in general. But from those, I have picked up on some patterns that kind of happen in relationships, which is why I'm going to to make this episode kind of essay-like and break it up into three parts, which is now where I will state my thesis that my English teachers always said I had trouble with, but my thesis statement would be, today I will be talking about three things that I think can help build or create strong relationships, both romantically and platonically. So hopefully my teachers like that, and if not, I graduated college already, so off. Um no I'm just kidding. Respect, respect. Um I actually enjoy writing and it's become part of like my hobby profession I don't even know but before I continue into my body paragraph I do want to give a quick shout out to my homie and my bestie Emily Del Campo her and I actually had a conversation on relationships because I had asked a question on my Instagram about like relationship questions or some advice and literally like no one (laughs) answered it and so I was like okay um but that's completely fine with me you know some people are still trying to figure themselves out in a relationship and understand who they are to a point where maybe they can't give advice, you know, maybe relationships are scary and it's something they don't want to talk about, or they just, like, straight up ignored it. Um, But for the two people who replied, thank you. Um, But once again, that is completely okay. I still have some stuff to talk about, and a part of this is because of Emily, so I just want to make sure I give her that credit, Um, especially because my creative writing teacher, like marked me for plagiarism one time and it was really like I didn't even mean it um but moving into our first body paragraph the first point that I want to talk about is compromise now in every relationship you definitely win some and you lose some you have to compromise with the other person and you know the more that you are willing to compromise does show the amount of care and love for the other person now while i'm talking about this i am going to get into some examples but i want to make sure we don't get things twisted with over compromising as compromise. And so I'll explain that a little bit more, but some examples of compromising could be maybe your significant other would like you to spend a little bit less time with your friends and more time in the relationship. And so, you know, willing to compromise your time does show how much you care and love for them. Um, Some, I would say, I guess flags of like over compromising would be if you have a significant other who needs your attention 24 7 and you completely drop your friends or you know your significant other doesn't like the fact that you have friends that are of the opposite sex so you stop being friends with them or they fear that your friends don't like them and so like you spend less time with them or that you know they think you're gonna go find someone else if you hang out with your friends so those are kind of examples of like over compromising in a relationship because um you're giving up like a lot in that aspect but I'm gonna get more into that a little bit later but for like a personal compromise one that I definitely had to think about when talking about this um something I know I'd have to compromise with my significant other or whomever I will eventually be with is my independence and uh, I've noticed, especially in my past relationships, that my independence can kind of get in the way because sometimes I'll just, like, take care of things, like, in a matter of my own hands. And sometimes it makes them feel that, you know, I can't rely on them or that I don't need them. Sometimes it makes people feel that I'm putting other things before our relationship. And so with that, I I, I can see how that comes across. But for me, definitely when being in a relationship and with like the right person i am definitely willing to compromise my independence now with that being said i'm not going to become completely like dependent or reliant on the other person because personally knowing myself i think it's really hard to go from the spectrum of being super independent to like dependent um so i know it's just a matter of like balance within this relationship and For me, it's just about letting, you know, the other person that I'm with know that I have a tendency to do things on my own, and it doesn't necessarily mean that I don't love you or that I don't need you, and it doesn't mean that I'm putting other things before you, but for us to be in a relationship, it takes two individuals, and I just know that I'm going to have to do what I can individually to be the best version of myself, to provide the best for this person that I love. For us to work collectively. And so that's how I kind of see it. I know it's different between like just people and relationships in general, but like I want to give you my best. And in order for me to give you my best, I have to be at my best. Like I don't want to give you some half-ass love because I don't think you deserve that. I personally think no one deserves that, but there's actually a lot of people who are in relationships where it is some half-ass love. And that's where it brings us back now to the overcompromising of relationships. And so let's just say you're in a relationship and your significant other may be going through something individually at the time to a point where they can only give like half of themselves to the relationship, meaning you might have to cover the extra half for you guys to equal out to 100% now obviously you're gonna have to do that you know there's days where you're gonna have to pull the weight of your significant other and that's just because you love them you care for them and you want the relationship to work but one thing to be careful of is let's say you know it's a different day and they're only able to give 20% meaning you're gonna have to pick up the extra 80% of the relationship, that energy, the time, and like the care that's needed to make the relationship at 100%. And then let's say they, you know, it happens again where they can only give 40% and then you give that extra 60% of your energy, your time, your love, your effort into the relationship to keep it at 100. Whatever the math is to keep it at 100%, is something that you're, you know, wanting to do for the relationship. But let's say there's a day where you can only give 30% and your partner is only willing to compromise 50% of their energy, their time and their effort into the relationship. Well, that means that there is, if I'm doing my math correctly, there is an extra 20% that is left over that is not being catered to, tended to, loved, has energy put towards And, you know, it's just like there, you know, your relationship's not at 100 percent. It's only at 70 percent. But let's say you suck it up, you sacrifice and you take that extra 20 percent. Well, when you do that, it sometimes lets the other person know that you're okay with picking up the extra slack within the relationship that they may never have to do that because they think you're okay with it. And so then it gets to the point where it becomes a routine and you're constantly being the one who has to carry the extra weight in the relationship. And when that happens, you tend to just get exhausted to a point where you don't even have energy for yourself anymore. And when that happens, you begin to lose yourself in the relationship. But that's not how it should be. You know, you want to be lost in love with this person. You don't want to lose yourself loving this person um so <laughs> that's kind of like the difference between compromise and over compromising in relationships and it's really just something that can be maintained by, now, my second body paragraph, boundaries. And if you're able to set boundaries, it does go hand in hand with compromise and, you know, what you're willing to give up, what you're not willing to give up, what you can push past a little bit, as far as boundaries go, but that can help make sure that you don't lose yourself in the relationship. Now, with boundaries, one that I think I would have to set in my example that I had stated earlier, one of those boundaries would be that I definitely need time and space for like my me time. And I think I've definitely like cherished my my own time, especially a little bit more in quarantine. And for me, I just like that individual time because it allows me to reflect on myself as a person, reflect on my individual like traits and characteristics of, you know, what makes me, me. And I think that allows me to reflect on the things that I can bring to the table when it comes to relationship. But it also allows room for me to reflect on the things that I don't, but my significant other does. And so with that, I would definitely have to set the boundaries of like, (laughs) we need time to ourselves because at the end of the day, we are individuals in this relationship collectively. Um, but that's something I know I'd have to set just because it would keep me sane and I don't want to paint myself as like this cold standoffish person in a relationship. Like I definitely can be clingy when it's the person I want to be around or be with and I would, I like when they're clingy back but the thing that I don't necessarily like is when we're like up each other's ass 24-7 and you know we're just constantly like breathing each other's air like I I take a breath and they finish my breath like I can't I can't do that I think for me personally and once again this is different for a lot of people but for me I would probably get really annoyed and when I get annoyed I can get sassy and I can have a major attitude that really no one ever really wants to deal with so Yeah, that's the boundary I'd have to set because that's how I know I can provide my best and be a healthy version of myself for this relationship. But now setting it aside from myself, if we go back to that example I stated earlier about your significant other not liking the fact that you have a friend of the opposite sex and they don't want you to be friends and so they set that boundary. Like, I completely get it. I understand the suspicion around, you know, best friends of the opposite sex because, you know, especially in today's society, there's the norm of, like, you know, there's no way that they can be just best friends without one catching feelings for the other. Um, There's no way that they won't cheat with, like, each other or things like that um and speaking of cheating that's something i'm gonna get into a little bit later but i do know that there's been a lot of people who have been hurt by that like best friend dynamic like said that oh she is just my best friend there's nothing between us and then you know once those two break up they go for that best friend or they actually end up do cheating on their significant other with that so-called best friend so i get it i understand the suspicion and all of it around it um but that's the thing about setting boundaries is with it comes accountability So are you able to hold yourself accountable to respect the boundaries that your significant other had placed? Or can you hold your significant other accountable for the boundaries that you had set? Are you going to let them continue to, I guess, cross that line and then them feel like it's not actually a boundary and then they continue to cross the line? So, you know that's where the accountability with boundaries comes along and it kind of brought me back to an example of my own i had a guy best friend and my boyfriend at the time did not like him (laughs) just because he had his ex-girlfriend cheat on him with her supposed guy best friend and so you know i think maybe there was like an internal insecurity of like that's what i was gonna do or you know that it could happen again and so that's where you know once again holding myself accountable and telling him letting my boyfriend know like hey i will let my best friend know that he needs to stop or like lay off with the comments because even though him and i both know it's harmless it may look like something to other people and it's out of respect for our relationship And then the next thing that I had also told him was that, you know, I'm not your ex-girlfriend. I am me. Like, you shouldn't compare me to her because, like, once again, I'm not her and I'm not going to cheat on you. I don't have intentions of cheating on you. And really, if I did, then, you know, you and I wouldn't be together. So it was about us just like talking about it and having that communication with one another to really understand the boundaries that we had within our relationship. And that kind of moves me now to our third body paragraph, which is communication. So for me, I'm a big, big, big communication person when it comes to any type of relationships. And I personally think that communication can really make or break a relationship both platonically or romantically and it's just because sometimes within communication we're constantly assuming what the other person is going to say and we end up not ever communicating with that person. Um, But my half-ish relationship that I had talked about earlier had really taught me a lot about myself as far as a person who really needs communication in a relationship just because they were in jail. So communication was like really our only form of interaction with one another. And so for me, I'd say that was the most like mentally and emotionally like stimulating relationship that I've had and had really helped me recognize that it's not really about like the physical aspect of things. Um, Obviously, like physical attraction is a thing. Um, That's not what I'm going to get into. But I would just say that means a lot more like the communication and the mental and emotional stimulation means a lot more to me than any of, like, physical um, things, just to put that out there, I guess, but that's just how much, like, communication means to me, and how much I think it can really help um, relationships. Now, with this being said, I think when it comes to communication, you really have to know the person you are talking to, and with that, I just mean you know how to talk to them in a way that they will reciprocate the message in a positive way and in one that creates a lot of openness and like honesty within just the conversation and I just say that because you'd be surprised by the amount of people who put up their defenses as soon as they're receiving a message that can come off a little bit negative and then when that happens it really just blocks off any potential for the openness and the honesty within that conversation so that's one thing that i think is really like important and as an example with my friend emily um her and I honestly are pretty trash at communicating with each other but that's kind of like just our friendship we can go multiple days talking like several days in a row talking to like several days without exchanging a word to one another and so while her and I were on the phone talking about relationships in general we were talking about the time where her and I didn't talk like our junior year of college and it wasn't because we had like a falling out but it was just because she was super busy with like school and work and the thing about that was I remembered a specific conversation that we had back then where we were catching up right before semester and that's when she had told me those things of hey I'm gonna be super busy during semester and I'm gonna be working so if you don't hear from me or if we can't catch up like just know it's it has nothing to do with like you or the friendship and for me that gave me I think like reassurance about our friendship because she definitely knows that I've had um, some that were like oh these are friends that you just drift apart and so I think if she didn't say anything or hadn't said anything then I probably would have assumed it was one of those drifting apart type of friendships but it was just like that slight interaction or that slight exchange of words that allowed me to appreciate like that type of communication in a friendship but transitioning now into a more like romantic aspect of communication I think being able to freely communicate about Your emotions and your feelings towards someone is probably the most hardest but yet relieving feeling in the world. And the reason I say the hardest is because, like I had said earlier, we sometimes assume what another person is going to say before they even say anything and with us assuming or playing out the conversation in our head we tend to kind of talk ourselves out of having that conversation because we're like oh i already know where it's gonna go like it's just gonna end up like that and you know there's no point in even talking about it um however you never actually know what having the conversation can do um you know, you might be right, and it might go in the way that you think it is, or it could be completely different or completely opposite from what you're thinking, and that's where the relieving feeling comes in because it's like, oh, like, this is how they felt? Like, I never even thought about it in that way, or if they never told me that, then I would have never thought to, you know, understand them in that way, so you never know how the conversation is going to go. I get that it is scary, and I know that it's just hard because when you are talking to someone, especially about your emotions, like emotions and feelings in general are are acts of like vulnerability in itself and it's scary because it's like, well, what if this person rejects what I have to say or what if this person makes me, you know, feel bad about what I had said, um... If they do that i would say you got to reflect on the relationship one um and two you know i think it's better to get the clarity that you need rather than assuming the potential of like what may be and i think just talking in general is good for relationships because when you bottle all of that up it can be really detrimental to like the relationship it could be detrimental to your well-being and it could be detrimental to just like those around you who may be getting some like backlash from projections that you're feeling because of those emotions and you know that's where when you have a lack of communication like a sense of resentment can come into play And that's why I just think it's really important to be with someone that you feel comfortable enough to just like talk to or communicate with because like I had said, holding in those emotions can really be unhealthy in just like any relationship, friendship or, you know, relation like romantic relationship. But now I'm going to get into the paragraph (laughs) where you kind of have like your freedom of speech and you could say whatever you really want to say. And it's just something I just want to touch on because it's kind of become a norm in our society as sad as it is to say but earlier i had talked about cheating and now i'm coming back to that topic right now i i'm not a psychologist (laughs) whatsoever but i have heard that when people cheat it's because they are searching for something they are lacking in the relationship with the person and so before you go and search something that you're lacking in someone else and you break someone's heart and you break someone's just like trust and their outlook on relationships just just please try and like talk about it like maybe communicate about it like it's just a thought but like just please do that because Cheating does ruin a lot of people's outlooks on relationships and it really causes them to not even get back in any and so before you try and search for something in someone else, please just talk about it. Try and and just try. Try to talk about it. But one thing that I think is really interesting that my friend Emily had brought up was the thrill that some people get from cheating. Um, It's like an excitement and in a sense you can kind of compare it to like an addiction. Some people get like a high from cheating, they get these feelings and these emotions that they only get from cheating. And I'm just saying this because I'm not trying to justify anyone's reasons for why they had cheated more than I am wanting you guys to just think about it, especially those who have been cheated on. Because I do know a lot of people who have been cheated on blame themselves for the failure of the relationship, they think that they weren't enough, they didn't do enough, or maybe they scared to get back in a relationship because someone had cheated on them and so it's just something to think about and in reality if someone has to cheat because it gives them that like I guess thrill I think there's a lot of um, internal reflection that's needed because I think there's a, a root cause as far as why they feel the need to do that. And so for those of you who have been cheated on, like I don't want you to I just don't want you to feel like it was your fault or like you could have fixed it. Like yes, maybe there's like a part where we could have communicated better, but like you can't hold it all on yourselves. Relationships take two and there's an effort from both parties. And uh, you know, that's just like the communication aspect, especially when there's no closure that someone gets like it's so it's very hurtful because it's like what did I do wrong but you know you just have to think of it in a way that you deserve better and there is someone better out there for you um for those of you who you know have cheated then I do hope you own up to like your mistakes you're able to really reflect and think about why you did what you did um there's no shame (laughs) I can't, it's it's hard to say, like, there's no shame on it, but you really, like, I think the way to actually justify someone's actions is by being real and by being straight up and letting them know, like, you know, some, I have something within me that I have to work on, and I think that might have been the reason as far as why I did what I did, um, but if you're gonna come at me and say some dumb shit, like, I had to cheat on you to know if I loved you, well miss me with that because that's the absolute ugliest dumbest shit that i have ever heard and that is no justification whatsoever um but if you're able to actually reflect and let the other person know like you know i'm sorry i wasn't ready to be in a committed relationship i should have told you but i hurt you instead or, you know, I I wasn't getting enough attention from you and, I, you know, I went and found that in someone else and I'm sorry I couldn't, like, just end things with you. Um, obviously, all of this is, like, easier said than done, but, you know, I think for me, at least, I just have that much more respect for someone if they could own up to their their mistakes and I think that's just anything in life just knowing that like hey I know I did this I'm trying to become a better person and they genuinely mean that um so that's just what I have to say on cheating but you know for me uh I'm just gonna put this out there if you have (laughs) not if you have I've actually never been cheated on my exes were very respectful so shout out to you guys um but like for me like if i were to ever be cheated on there's no second chance i'm sorry but you cheating on me is gonna add fuel to the fire of self-love and my self-love is just gonna get bigger brighter hotter like it's gonna grow and we're just gonna <laughs> continue to continue to love ourselves until another bright hot flame comes along and we make it even brighter and hotter flame um but that's just how i go about it um so just don't cheat (laughs) on me at least um actually just don't cheat in general it's fucked up and it really does ruin a person so like just don't like oh god but as I do wrap up this episode I just want to leave you all with this the self-love and the relationship you have with yourself will be the most top-tier relationship that you will most likely ever be in I'm just gonna be honest in that aspect Now, I do think you can find self-love within a relationship. I think it's definitely possible. I think it has to be with the right person, though, because learning self-love in a relationship takes a lot of patience because self-love in general is something that's hard to do. It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort, and the right person will recognize that and like help you through that. And a person that doesn't have patience for that may actually regress your progress towards self-love and so that's why i'm just saying you know make sure it's with the right person but you know second of all if you are someone who is finding self-love in a relationship one thing i want to make sure you recognize too is don't measure your self-love by the amount of love the other person gives you but measure it by the amount of love that you can give to the other person because that in itself is ultimately a reflection of your self-love my intention for this episode is to talk about some things that can help build or create a strong relationship both platonically and romantically now today, I had talked about compromise and how you're gonna have to make some room and some space for those that you love, even if that means moving and shuffling some things around and letting them know like, hey, I'm willing to compromise this space for you. And you know, with that compromise does come boundaries. You know, What are some boundaries that they shouldn't push? What are some boundaries that they shouldn't be tiptoeing on? And if you feel like you're tiptoeing too much in the relationship, Make sure to communicate with the other person and let them know what and how you're feeling towards relationship and maybe some of the boundaries that were being set. Something you can compromise. (laughs) We all have to understand that relationships are hard. They are not easy whatsoever. They do take a lot of time, effort, and commitment. So if you're not ready for that, just be honest and let the person know before they get hurt in a relationship. And if you have been hurt by a relationship, please don't let that define your outlook on all types of relationships because there are so many people out there with their unique individuality that can bring you so much love. And you also are capable of giving the same amount of love with your unique individual self as well. Be able to love yourself at your worst or even greater than or equal to at your best. Because if you're at your best then you can give your best and if you can give your best then you can love your best. And like Miss Kaylani had said, I ain't never been no half ass lover. So don't love yourself only half ass, but love yourself wholeheartedly. This concludes yet another episode of Are You Alone? Happy Valentine's Day, my loves. For those who don't have a Valentine's Day this year, that's okay. I don't either, so I'll be your Valentine's Day if you accept this rose. I know, Corniha. Huh? But no, if you don't decide to take it, or. Well, That's your last low-key. I'm just playing. But either way, Valentine's Day is the day of love. So make sure to go show those you care about all the love that you can give. And even maybe buy them $25 roses. Yeah, I didn't know that's how expensive these flowers were, but they were. But love don't cost a thing. I love you guys so much. Thank you for your unconditional support as always. Before I peace out, make sure to go like and subscribe and turn those post notifications on. Make sure to follow me at my Instagram over at Bianca K underscore 16 over at the podcast at AYA underscore podcast and at the Facebook follow page at Are You Alone? My name is Bianca and as we continue our journey, all I ask is that you do your best to achieve life on natural euphoria. Bye!